Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. The Raiders close out the season Sunday against the Denver Broncos in Mile High City. The Silver and Black won the first meeting between these two rather easily, 37-12 back on November the 15th. Following the win, the Raiders improved to 6-3 and and had a huge showdown coming up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Boy, doesn't that seem like a lifetime ago? Since then, the Raiders have dropped three in a row and five of six overall to find themselves a game under 500. The Raiders, well, they're looking for their first win in Denver since 2015, and they're also trying to sweep the Broncos for the first time since 2010. It's quite a drought, Raider Nation. And the Raiders are also trying to finish above 500 in the division for the first time in a decade. I understand a lot of so-called experts want to look ahead to next year already. You know, how can the Raiders fix the defense? Who should they hire as the new defensive coordinator? Should John Gruden relinquish personnel decisions to GM Mike Mayock? I understand it. But all gets all that after Sunday's game. Right now, there's still one more game to be played this season. And I think it's important for this team to show up Sunday, play hard, and finish the year with a victory. Now, I'm a little bit concerned that they could suffer a letdown following the heartbreak, devastating, and meltdown they suffered against the Miami Dolphins. Let's see what kind of character this team shows. And let's see who shows up on Sunday in Denver. We all know the Raiders are missing the playoffs for the 17th time in 18 seasons. And they finished with just one winning record in that time span. But if they can beat the Broncos, the Raiders will be 500. It will be one more win than they had last year. And I know it's only one more victory, but it still represents progress. And I know it's not the record or the finish the organization or its frustrated fan base was looking for after such a promising start. And I get it. I do. I understand all that. But at the same time, a win gets the Raiders to 500. And that would mean it would be just their fourth non-losing season since the team went to the Super Bowl in 2002. You have to look at the positives right now wherever you can try and find them and build on them during the offseason and leading up to next season as well. Here's Gruden on ending the year with a W. Look, I love winning. I'd rather go into the offseason after a win than a loss. We're going to do everything we can to win this game. Um, I was here before. You know, we had back-to-back eight and eight seasons. You know, I really felt looking back on those two seasons, we should have won more games. feel the same way right now. Uh, But I like like where we are. We see how we stack up against Miami and Kansas City and New Orleans and 
we see uh, some of our potential. We also see some of the, the ugly sores that we need to clean up. So I'm just going to concentrate on uh, trying to improve, trying to get as much momentum possible, and uh, keep pounding the rock. The Raiders are actually two-and-a-half-point favorites Sunday in Denver. When I read the line, I had to do a double tape because the way the Raiders are playing, I thought for sure they would be underdogs in this one. And as you know, there is plenty of other sports happening as well right now. I mean, the NBA and college basketball are back for you hoop junkies. The NFL playoffs begin next weekend, and the college football playoffs get underway New Year's Day. I mean, with all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat or someone to upset Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the AFC, what about the NFC? I mean, who's the favorite there? Is it the Green Bay Packers, the New Orleans Saints, or is it the Seattle Seahawks? Well, whomever you think it might be, then go check out betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. To the game now. And let's start with the Raiders' defense, which actually had a lot of success versus the Broncos and quarterback Drew Locke in that first meeting. I mean, it was arguably the Silver and Black's best game on D as they held the Broncos to just 12 points, a touchdown, and a pair of field goals. The Raiders' defense created a season-high five turnovers, including four interceptions, and they sacked Locke twice. And speaking of Locke, might want to keep his eyes on Raider lineman Kendall Vickers, who's recorded a sack in two straight games. Now, for the season, the second-year quarterback Adam Missouri has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. But I'm sure he's going to be looking to have a big game to finish out the season and show the Broncos coaching staff, as well as the front office, he should be the starter next year as well. Some good news for the Raiders' defense, and that's linebacker Nicholas Morrow should be back on the field Sunday. Morrow returned to the practice field on Wednesday after sitting out the last two games because of a concussion. He's fourth on the team in tackles, despite the fact he hasn't played since the Colts game, and he didn't become a starter till late in the season. And this is a guy I think the Raiders can build around on that defense moving forward. Safety Jeff Heath, he could be back Sunday as well. The team leader in interceptions was designated to return on Wednesday after missing the last three games because of a concussion. And that's definitely good news for a beleaguered secondary. One player who won't be back is Cleve Farrell. His season is officially over as he still hasn't recovered from a shoulder injury. In 11 games this season, Farrell had two sacks. And both of those came against the New York Jets. They were strip sacks, in fact. So, in his two years with the Raiders, the former Clemson Tiger has a total of six and a half sacks. I think it's pretty clear rushing the quarterback is not his strength. And I'm not saying he's not a solid lineman. 
I'm not. I think he is. He's solid. But the Raiders drafted him to help solve their lack of a pass rush woes. And for someone who was the fourth overall pick in the 2019 draft, I think you're looking for a game changer more than you are a solid player. Let's head over to the offense now. And I'm not sure anyone is playing better than tight end Darren Waller over the last four weeks. The only problem is the Raiders losing ways are overshadowing the fact he's on the verge of setting a Raiders single season record for most receptions. I mean, think about that. Hall of Famer Tim Brown holds the record with 104 receptions in 1997. In his previous four games, Waller has 34 receptions for 537 yards and three touchdowns. Three times he's gone over the century mark in yardage, including 200 against the New York Jets. He's averaging nearly 16 yards a catch. That's well above his season average, which is right around 10 yards. I mean, the Raiders are getting him out in space, stretching the field with him. And he's a complete mismatch from whoever is trying to cover him. For the season, Waller has a career-high 98 receptions for just under 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. After Wednesday's practice, Gruden was asked about the similarities between Waller and Brown. I think there is a common ground there with uh, greatness. They all have a couple things in common. Usually, it's not by accident. They're your hardest workers. Um, they take care of themselves off the field. They're, they're, they're the real deal, and they have so many intangibles, you don't have time to list them. But Waller, is uh, he's, he's got the Tim Brown Hall of Fame, all pro, work ethic, concentration, focus, desire. Um, and he has the right attitude every single day. He's a premier competitor in the walkthroughs, in the meetings, and on the field. And that's, what, that's why he's standing where he is today as one of the best. In the first meeting between the Raiders and Broncos, quarterback Derek Carr didn't put up huge numbers. I mean, he completed 16 of 25 passes for just over 150 yards. But he didn't really need to put up the numbers because the running game was working so well. Josh Jacobs ran for 112 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Second year back out of Alabama has topped 100 yards in a game just twice this season. Now, I know Carr is a lightning rod when it comes to the Raiders fan base. I get it. But I'm one of those who support him for several reasons, including his outstanding play this year. On numerous occasions, he's put this team in position to win games. He set career highs in several categories. And he's led an offense that's averaged 27 points a game, 11th in the NFL. His 25 touchdown passes, third most of his career. He has the highest passer rating of his career this season. And he's also increased his yards per attempt from 6.6 last season to nearly 8 this year. Here's what Carr had to say when he was asked about 2020. For me personally, I'd rate it. It just wasn't good enough as a team. It's a team game. It doesn't matter what one side of the ball did and what one side of the ball didn't. Uh, as a team, we did not accomplish anything close to what we wanted to accomplish. So it's not good enough. And so uh, to rank it, it just falls below the line of acceptable. And as a team, you know, it just uh, not making the playoffs just can't be accepted, you know. And, uh, and that's where we're at right now. We have to 
we have to live with that. I have to go into another offseason with that on my mind, that burning thing on my heart. And that's a good thing. You know, it keeps me going and it keeps me fighting because uh, in this game, you're never satisfied, you know, Chris. And, uh, you know, as long as you keep that mentality, I heard Jason talk. Uh, you know, I've heard him talk many a times about the determination, the will to win and all these kind of things. And, uh, you know, there, you got to have little things to light your fire a little bit. And so it just, uh, I won't rank it. I'll let you guys have fun with that. But uh, I'm confident with work, you know, with what Coach Gruden and I have been able to, you know, do and accomplish. I feel great about the progress that we've made uh, in, in certain areas as a team, but it's still not good enough because we're not going to be able to play after this week. And how about wide receiver Nelson Aguilar coming off a huge game against the Miami Dolphins? The Raiders' best off-season acquisition torched the Finns for five catches and 155 yards which included an electrifying 85-yard touchdown reception. The veteran wideout, he needs 161 yards to reach 1,000 for the year. I mean, this guy has already established a career high in receiving yards and tied a career high with eight touchdown receptions this year. Aguilar is a free agent in the offseason. And my guess is he'll test the free agent waters. But this is someone the Raiders must make a priority and do everything they can to bring him back. Finally, Raiders tied in Jason Witten. He's going to set a record on Sunday by playing the most career games at his position. It's his 271st game, surpassing Hall of Famer Tony Gonzalez. Now, Witten's numbers haven't been great this season, but he's had a tremendous impact inside that locker room. Here's what the veteran had to say about the record. I was taught by Bill Parcells. He drafted me there in Dallas and, uh, you know, taught me early on, you know, reliability, um, dependability, consistency. That's how you make it in this game. And uh, those are traits that, um, you know, I've kept near and dear to me for my entire career. And, uh, you know, to, to have an opportunity like this, uh, I think that's um, – you know, just the way I tried to play. And, uh, you know, I, I think in this league, the minute you feel like you've arrived or um, you've belonged, you, you're going to get passed up. And, uh, you know, I think my advantage and, and kind of my uh, edge for me was that every day of every moment, I never felt like this game owed me anything. I had to go earn it. And uh, that's go out there and play. And you hear people talk about it often about, it's a show me game. And, and certainly I felt like those traits I learned early on as a rookie and the NFL from a legendary coach was be dependable, be consistent, and be reliable. And uh, to have this moment this many years later, uh, I think it'll be pretty special for me and my family. Congratulations, Jason. Let's hope the Raiders get a victory for you. Well, I would like to wish all of you a very safe and happy new year. I'll have a recap of the game on Monday morning. Raider Nation, let's hope 2021 is a better year for the Raiders and their fan base. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. And may all your punts on the Coffin Corner. Believe. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.